music on because it just wouldn't be right if I was to come back and not just play the song one time. <laughs> so. Break time is over. It's CL. Y'all know what time? Uh. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hear them both cams. This what the people need. Homie, homie, see you. We back live on the Rundown South podcast. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank y'all for joining me. However, you're joining me, I do appreciate it. Hopefully, you came through from the rundown.com, or maybe you came through from facebook.com, or maybe from youtube.com. Because you know why? Because we doing this podcast live. And yes, it has been quite a long time since I did one of these. So I'm hoping everything sounds according to plan. Um, did a lot of preparation, a lot of things to make sure that things was just right for you guys. Um, and I do have a very special guest on the line, as you can see on the screen if you're watching this live. Um, we have the couch coach. See, man, why you? So you giving me tongue twisters? It's all a. Hey, it's a words, man. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm, I'm I'm working hard already. <laughs> so what? Uh, Introduce yourself, Chris, real quick, and, All right, uh, we'll and we can mm-hmm. get into the podcast. All right, what's going on, everybody? My name is Couch Coach. I am the host of the Couch Coach Live podcast. Still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, do I have to call you Couch Coach, or should I call? You, can I call you Chris? Man, he called me. Yeah, he called me Chris, Couch okay. Coach, whatever. Yeah, it's all it's right. all good. Cause I got your name on the screen. It's Chris Couch Coach. Yeah. Five. So yeah, I'm yeah. Call you Chris, so I can save myself. Right, cool. It's all good. I, I appreciate good. you taking me that that um that one dicey. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody that's watching this knows that I have a podcast, of course, and this is not the first time I'm doing one. Um, so before I get into where I have been for a minute, man, I want to give people the chance to get to know you real quick so tell them a little bit okay. about your podcast so of course um couch coach lab podcast it's, um at me and my own boy um maui government name is deshaun but uh so we just um two whole boys just talking about sports from like a couch coach perspective uh we give you like taste that's pretty much original it ain't like you know stuff that you would hear like on like you know, the, the first takes of the world, the undisputed. You know, we just you know we keep it real in, in a couch coach in a couch coach perspective. Okay, yeah, I, I can respect that, and I definitely did that because you know that's kind of yeah. you know how the rundown was started. You know, me and a homie of mine, we kept having these you know couch armchair quarterback conversations and you know one thing led to another it's like man we need to go ahead and start recording this stuff yeah mm-hmm. so i can definitely relate to that origin story that that speaks to my heart right there yeah um but yeah man that's that's pretty dope now like you know i haven't been on the scene for like nine months since i was telling some of the live viewers before we got started and of course, like in the last, you know, four months, is it, has it been four months? Is it three months? How long have we been on lockdown? I don't even know anymore. Like I'm losing like track of two, time. Well, two theoretically, I think when in March was a fifth. Okay. Yeah, it was March. Like it just yeah. seems like it's been all year. I know, right? 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So, of course, you being a sports podcaster, man, like we, you've had no sports. <clears throat> so, of yeah. course, tonight we're going to talk about the Last Dance. Uh, but other than that, man, you know, it was like, like, how did you feel when you when you got the draft? Actually, you know what? I I love the draft. I love the NFL. If you're talking about the NFL draft, correct? Yeah, the NFL draft. So like, I liked it. Yeah, and it was like it was cool. Like you know, it being virtual and, and it's funny. It's like getting that inside look of like how coaches live, how you know the general managers, guys. You know, you know, though you know, seeing like the kind of behind the scenes of that versus. And I thought that was cool. I think the whole thing. I do miss the pop and circumstance, of course, because. Everything that was going on with the Las Vegas situation, where they were gonna have these guys coming on a on a on a boat, coming in, entries of the Bellagio, I was like, oh man, that'd be kind of cool to see, but obviously that didn't happen. But they, you know, they did a great job with it. And then what was interesting about that draft, the later rounds were more intriguing, more so than than anything. I thought. The first round was kind of like long out, drug, drugged out. I mean, that was to like midnight, and that shouldn't that 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 round shouldn't have lasted four hours. But the Saturday, like oh, Friday night and Saturday, were like they were great. I mean, they were you know, pictures just coming that quickly, and it's just like you get that quick analysis. I loved it. Okay, so you know, for me as somebody who is. I guess you could say I'm a hardcore sports fan because I really don't watch too much anything else on TV um, when sports is in season. Um, I I was into the draft probably for the first night, but then after that, I was kind of like, uh, you can keep that. Like, <laughs> you know, because I'm just not big on the draft. Like my man said, it's like a really big HR meeting. Like, <laughs> so, you know, so like it's a... It's a whole lot, but it's still some things that happen. You know, of course, like the whole um, uh, Green Bay Packers taking the quarterback in the first round. Like, yeah, you know that. Like that was a thing. I, I can't believe yeah. we didn't talk about that for three days. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, man, that being under lockdown under this, you know, COVID, you know, quarantine period for sports is it's. It's been different, but you know what? I'm like I'm just finding more TV shows to watch. Yeah, you know, honestly. But um, I know if uh, anybody else has been wondering, I've basically been just trying to work on making my ends meet. Like surprise, you know, you be having bills out here. Like just keep it a hundred percent real. Uh, yeah. But no, like real talk, I have some real big projects I have been working on and really had to let my podcast go. And I hated mm-hmm. how I felt and it never felt like the right time to come back. Um, but uh, you're part of the same group that I'm in and I'm trying to get more active in helping people. So I was like, you know what? Got to come back out here and get the podcast game. Yep. Game, you know, game needs me. I felt like Jordan, you know. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Coming back after the three P, you know, I can't say I got rings to show for it, but you know, I'm back from my position. Now, uh, of course, I brought you in to talk about the Last Dance, uh, the ten part documentary from ESPN. Um, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls. Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, Jerry Krause, all the big names are there. Um, is there anything from the last couple episodes or even, I guess, like the whole series and all that was like a big takeaway from you? Anything that you uh, didn't know or stuff that you forgot about? Like, I don't know, man, just give me kind of like your your view when you just sit back and think about it after we get yeah. through all 10 episodes. Yeah. I think the thing that really stood out, stood out to me was Dennis Rodman. Okay. And it's funny because I think 
at that time, following this team, I was a teenager. I was, you know, essentially the last championship, I was 13 years old. And I always used to be the the guy. I mean, I would watch the games. I would read the trash Sports Illustrated. And you know how they would always say, like, Dennis is a distraction, this and the third. But you really realize in this documentary and then uh, just how much of a savant he was in the game where he knew how guys shot would have been and how it falls off the rim. Like, so he'll know he's in position. So then you think to yourself and you remember back in the day where you're like, it felt like Dennis knew where the ball was going. And it's funny when you, when you put those two together and you're like, that's why when you look at from that grand scheme of things, uh, Dennis was a guy like you looked at him as a guy, you know, he was like, you would people deem as a distraction, but he was on point. Like, like Jordan even said to himself, the whole situation at the, the Las Vegas situation, they were running sprints. Rodman was was catching up with you know he was supposed to be the one that was supposed to be lagging behind, but Dennis was Dennis was was head and shoulders above those guys who was, you know he was just coming off of being in Vegas. Right, man, and you know Dennis Dennis was a different type of cat, and yeah. probably because I had already watched the Dennis Rodman thirty for thirty kind of recently, I was a little bit you know, a little bit more in tune with what his story was. So I ain't going to say it was a waste of episode uh-huh. considering that, but it was something that I felt like it, I'm not sure if it held enough importance for a whole episode. It, I almost felt like they could have did Dennis like they did Kurt. Where they kind of like threw him in for like half an episode. But, yeah, you know, it does get a couple shots of Carmen Electra in. We'll go ahead and yeah. like just call that a win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just take that. Um, <clears throat> but I, I feel you though, man. Like he, he was definitely a like a scientist when it came to rebounding the basketball. Uh, it's something that I never really considered. Uh, you know, it just seemed like he was just good at it. But, you know, the separations right. and the preparation. So right. whenever you're, you know, passionate or gifted with something, you work at it, that's kind of what you get. And he knew right. if he specialized, he could do that. So I applaud him for that. And that's something that like I try to apply actually in my everyday life. So Who you telling me? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there, man. So, you know, the worm is a little inspiring, man. Get like the worm. Exactly. Tell it to your kids. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, man, yeah, so that's that's a great point. Now, for me, I want to say one of the things that I kind of that got to me was the fact that when he punched Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr was the one that swung first. Right. That right there put a lot of things in perspective. Not only about Michael Jordan, but Steve Kerr. Like, I felt a different way about Steve Kerr after that interview because... If you willing to swing on Michael Jordan, that means you don't really have too much back down. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I I I I feel like I get it now. You know, he's he's not just a guy. Like, you know, uh when he's coaching the Warriors, it's not just the fact that he brought in the system and he has uh Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You know, he's you know, Mar Jackson had them, so it's it's clearly not the same. So there there's something that he's bringing to the table uh, that is very much so intangible that I can feel from that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. Um, anything else you want to add on that? Uh, yeah, most definitely. And you look at it from the standpoint, yeah, you think about it. You as a guy that's unproven. You go into a practice and you punch Michael Jordan in the chest. Nine nine times out of ten, that would be career suicide. 
like he would have been gone out of the league if generally generally you would have thought like damn if you hit MJ in the chest and you are you done in this town but it, like it shows like it shows you what Steve Kerr is made of like you said people looked at him as like oh yeah he's a little short frail guy no he, he he's about that life and it goes like you said about coaching and another thing too you really realize how important Phil Jackson really was to this team. Right. He was essentially the glue for this team. You think about managing those type of personalities and having them to play as one. And I think that's one thing too. I think when people, when they say like, and almost in Steve Kerr's defense as well, where, Oh, if you had these kind of guys, anybody can coach them. No, that's not true. Coaching is everything. And like you put, he put these guys in great positions. And in essence, he literally forced, he really helped develop Michael Jordan's game, you know, at the Doug Collins level. When you looked at him, is I would say like an ISO kind of guy, but essentially he was. And he learned how to trust teammates at a time when he frowned upon it, but he believed in the system with Phil and he trusted teammates. Like in the Lakers series, he was like, well, who's open? Paxson's open. Paxson his shots in game five, leads him to that game five victory. Right. We all know, you know, 93, Paxson hits that shot. Now, other guys have hit other shots, Steve Curry, 97. But it just lets you know, like, he he turned a guy who essentially was frowned his nose because I remember one time he was saying about a situation with Bill, Bill Cartwright. He was like, why would, he, why would I have him had a ball with five minutes in the shot clock? Like, hell no. But he trusted Phil with that. And that's very hard to get a guy to trust you in that kind of regard. Right. And, you know, it seemed like Jordan was to the point where after, like, I guess, like, around the time when he wanted to win championships, like, I'm going to say wanted to win championships, but begin to win championships, uh, it seemed like he just wanted certain type of people around him. It didn't seem like it was, you know, and I'm going to give Jerry Krause just a, a little bit of a shout out because knowing who you had as Michael Jordan and having to piece the right type of people around him and knowing who was going to work with Michael Jordan and who wasn't because you had to work around Michael Jordan. You didn't really have too much of a choice. Uh, And for him to just not have a lot of issues with people, it shows that like either he got extremely lucky or he had a good post on uh you know personality you know kind of like the thing that daryl morey sometimes lacks when it comes to putting a a team together if you look at the rockets you know like that season when they had dwight there there wasn't really like a grown-up in the room right like (laughs) everybody was at the strip club you can't have that on the team Um, so yeah, man, that's that's something that's real important. Uh, now, I want to throw something at you real quick. All right. Uh, so, the last time we seen Jordan was what? Are we going to count the Wizards? As as a Bulls fan, I... Oh, you are a Bulls stream. fan? I didn't... Yeah, okay. even, even now, even thinking then, yes, I'm... Yeah, I was a part. I was a big fan of the Baby Bulls and D Rose era, and now guess the rebuilding era. I'm about to say, dude, who who y'all rocking with now? You got Zach Levine. You got Zach Levine. Okay. Um, uh, Kobe White. Um, he started kind of in his went like he was coming of age as all as the league got was suspended. Um, he coming along. Wendell Wendell Carter. Um, he's he's on the precipice of a double double. I mean, he's you know he's Man. getting his own. He's twenty years old. It's like it just seemed like so long ago since I seen the NBA. 
Like just trying to no, remember right? like who's on the Bulls. Like <laughs> Right. I I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you it's said, been a while. But you say like as as a Bulls fan, you just like at ninety eight, that's when it stops for you. MJ, uh, yeah, the Wizards thing. I don't know the Wizards thing. I was I was excited for him to come back. I'm not gonna be real with you. I was excited. Okay, that he was coming back. Just you know, just to you know, for the last raw. But I mean, he can't account. I mean, I guess. All right. So let's just say Michael Jordan been out of basketball for twenty years, and. You know, the closest thing we had to him before was probably Kobe. Is that we could agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. And since Kobe, who didn't have that much time as the best player in the NBA, yeah, um, we had LeBron. Yeah, and I want to say LeBron is the first time when we ever really questioned whether or not Michael Jordan was the undisputed best player of all time. Like it was up for yeah. consideration and a lot mm-hmm. of people barked back. Like of course I know you as a Bulls fan. I, I, I could imagine how that makes you feel just hearing people say that. But like honestly when like, has it gotten to the point where we can have the discussion? And if, has this doc swayed you either way? I think, I think what it is, and I look at it like this. I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. That does not negate what LeBron has done. What LeBron has done he 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 had Jordan had a baton and LeBron ran with it. He's doing a lot of stuff now as far as uh, he, he's changed the game in his in his way. And Jordan changed the game in his way. So a part of me I I bought, and then I, I don't like the like the comparisons especially after Kobe's passed away. I don't like doing that type of stuff because I think it's stupid because I've even I, somebody showed me a meme you know, LeBron winning the ring without Wade, Kobe winning one without Shaq, and then Jordan without Pippen. But I'm like, you got to think to yourself, that doesn't, that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense it's, at it's, all. It's because at the end just, of the day, right, cause, cause the the day you, I can make a bunch of excuses because I can say, hey, well, LeBron won a ring with a, with a Kevin Love and a Kyrie Irving, and then Kobe won one with a Pal Gasol. And Lamar Odom. So I'm I mean, like, it's like you're just making the point that you need right. multiple all stars on the championship team. Like, and okay. then my thing, and then what kills me is people just negate the '90s because people keep on saying, "Well, oh, you know, Jordan didn't play with no like Robert Parrish." Out of all people, <laughs> came out and said, "Well, he didn't play against good competition." I, I tell people, look at that 1997 All Star game when they had the top. 50 players. He went against most of those guys. He went against Carl Malone, John Stockton. Yeah. He went against Charles Barkley. And we even talk about the postseason. We can talk about he went against Shaq in the in the Orlando series. He went against guys who were in their primes and they were considered the top 50 basketball players of all time. A league that started in 1947. And the guy and the majority of those guys that made that list were current players and at that point were in were in their prime of their career. So you mean to tell me if there's another list between I guess players that were I don't know maybe from nine from two thousand to present so the twenty like the top twenty players in the league and it's not to 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 disgrace LeBron but in <laughs> all, in all honesty as far as Eastern Conference wise. The right. only player who I think who he has played against was Paul Pierce, in my mm. personal opinion. Really? I mean, as far as Eastern Conference, I mean, you mean as far, I'm I'm talking about like as far as 
in essence their prime, you know, of course, that Celtics okay. team. Okay. Because I, I don't, I don't, because I don't really comp- like Kevin Garnett. He was already kind of. They, you know, he was, you know. So, are you saying that that's the only ones he beat? What about the 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 Pistons? Oh well, yeah, the, but you got to think about it. that Pistons team. That was oh seven. That team already was like, I mean, even though they were four All Stars, well, LeBron was going to the Eastern Conference. But that's what I'm saying, and, like that. That's, and that's the th- and that's the thing where, and that's another thing where it's like you don't. It's not like. I don't like about the, these arguments because I'm thinking to myself, either <laughs> or. Because like you said, you can make a case for both. Like you right. said, LeBron, like LeBron was the NBA Finals at 22 years old. Like, you got to really sit down and think about it. That's an impressive feat. He led the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh. They they won a championship. Like, that's counted as two championships. That, like, like, that is a feat with it itself. Right, and that is very impressive, sir. You you are one of a kind. And I I tell the people this too. You are. You really got to realize, and we got to sit down and think to yourself: LeBron James is a child star, and he's lived up to the hype. You cannot ignore that. You can, and I hate, and I hate to say this. There was, I think, it was a Slam article. It was him and Sebastian Telefilm. And I know this oh, is a horrible timing. This is horrible timing with, you know, with everything going on with, you know, his mother and his brother passing and my sincere, sincere condolences. But those two were supposed to be the, the two that were supposed to lead this new era. Yes. And only one yes. person to the hype. So you really got to sit down and think to yourself, what LeBron James has done is tremendous. There's no question what he has done and the impact he has on this league. No, no doubt. But, you know, it's... I think what I'm able to take away is I'm able to just put the conversation in much more perspective. Yeah. This doc helps bring some context around the fact that LeBron may be the greatest basketball mind ever. Yeah. Because the fact that he does not have the benefit of a Phil Jackson and the, um, the amount of like know how that his, he brings to the team. Like, even though he has Tyron Lue, Tyron Lue is not Phil Jackson. Correct. I don't care how many years he assisted coached and learned under the man and learned the triangle. I don't care. He not him. He not that guy. With that said, LeBron does not have that that coach, nor does he have those. I guess like like bona fide Hall of Famers. I mean, of course we had D Wade. D Wade is a bona fide Hall of Famer, but it wasn't Hall of Fame D Wade. Like, we seen Hall of Fame D-Wade with Shaq. Mm-hmm. This was just great D-Wade. But nonetheless, like, I feel like I... I can see the differences. And to me, it's real close. It's real close. I'm just going to put that out there. Not to just turn this into a whole LeBron versus Michael Jordan thing. But it's definitely real close um now going forward we don't know what's going to happen you know nba season came back i felt like lebron was on his way to another one and it was going to make the conversation even a little bit more juicier and so you know maybe jordan felt like it was just time because if if he dropped his dock right when lebron wins his you know what Fourth championship. Yeah. I mean, he's going to like, hey, you know, LeBron looks good, but don't forget about me. Like, it would have been right on time. And it it would have felt petty. Like, even, like, not on purpose, on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, And and a lot of it, too, is just it's incomplete. Because LeBron can run off three out of the next four years. And... 
He could be tied with MJ. That's what I'm saying. It's that's why part of me is like it's hard to compare a guy who's already has played and did his thing to a guy who's still evolving. He's 35 years old and playing at such a high level, and it, it's it's shocking to be a you know because you because a part of you always think like well fall in time go hit him and I kept on saying that for years and now it's man, just like time oh. Brady man. You're I'm right. like, we y'all niggas gonna get old. Exactly. And they're not. And they're not. Like, which is crazy. They are they define the odds. But continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You was you was making a great point. My bad. But yeah, I and they, you know, they keep defining the odds. And I mean, like you said, I, part of me, but they're 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 great in their own right. And I think the biggest thing with LeBron is he's kind of done it organically. He really hasn't had a great supporting cast as far as coaches and stuff like that. Like we understand now why he went to Miami. Right. The structure. It made sense. Versus being in Cleveland where everything just shuffled the deck. I think they got um got rid of Danny Ferry. Hey, which man, I thought that shit. was a stupid yeah. Like, don't never forget that. Shaq came in there limping and said, right. I'm going to help LeBron get a championship. And they so thought that I, was a good idea. And I, it failed. <laughs> All of it. It's just funny. Like, him, like, that name with the Boston, like, in, in 2011. I'm like, dude, like, it's starting to get embarrassing. Yeah, man. I, I, I kind of, I feel for LeBron. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I give him more credit for the fact that I saw you trying your hardest and you just couldn't make it happen. And it's it wasn't the same for Michael. Now, whether or not that is something that speaks to who Michael Jordan is, is a whole different conversation. Right. right. But just knowing what it takes to just pull something to be more than the sum of his parts. It's like, I, I give him so much credit for like the failures. Right. And, and it feels weird for me to do that because we're talking about an all time winner in Michael Jordan. Right. Uh, but, and that's why it's the, and that's where it's like, you, like you are saying, you can make the argument for both, which that's why part of me is like, I mean, yeah, granted, like I said earlier, he went to the NBA what, in his fifth year. Well, th- fourth, I think fourth year, because, yeah, he came on 03. And then Jordan didn't get to his finals until he was in his seventh year. So that's why a part of me is just like, I just say respect each other's time period. Like what Jordan did in the 80s and 90s, unmatched. What LeBron is doing, pretty much, I mean, from 84 to 03, that's Jordan era. I just say respect both of them, right? Because both, because both have done things that are impressive, stuff that we we didn't think could happen. Yeah, man, they they, they are one of a kind, man. Yeah. All right, so we're going for a little bit. So I am going to do something a little bit different that I don't normally do on the live broadcast because, well, I don't do live broadcast. We're gonna take a break. So, uh, when we get back, I'm going to lay my retirement theory on you. And I feel, I'm not going to say excited because excited would be the wrong word. But I am very curious to see what you think of my retirement theory from Michael Jordan's first retirement. Okay. I feel like nobody is connecting the dots. And if you look closely, it makes all the sense in the world. So, I'm going to talk about that when we come back. More on the Rundown South. All right.
Alright, we are back. This is a rundown south man and we are doing new things. As you can see we are going live and I'm really just glad to have the homie Chris Couch Coach Power on the line, man. Uh you've been enjoying being on the podcast so far? Yes, yes indeed. Man, I appreciate you giving you the time over here, man. So uh, we are talking about The Last Dance, uh, the 10-part documentary series that ESPN put out. You know, we didn't spend the last five weeks talking about it because, you know, we ain't had no sports to right. talk about. So every sports fan needs some content. Every sports blog needs some content. Everybody needs some content. And so we're not going to pass on it. You know, it's just what it is. <clears throat> and of course, I have some things that I need to get off my chest uh, when it came to Michael Jordan, because, you know, I don't do a good job of making sure I get all of my great original thoughts out in a timely manner. And I was just explaining uh, to Chris that I had wrote a blog post about Michael Jordan's retirement and my theory on why he retired in the year 1993. So, uh, before I get into my theory, uh, how old are you, Chris? 35. You are 35. So, you are alive and well in 93. Yes. So, you can remember what it was like when Michael Jordan retired. So, 
put me in your shoes because I don't really remember that. I was born in 89. I was a little bit of a young buck. <laughs> and what was funny because I really didn't get into sports until about like nine, ten-ish, like right, like 94. But of course, Michael Jordan retiring was like by far like one of the biggest stories in 93. I mean, when you sit down and think about it, that's the only thing I really remember about that year, essentially. The shock that everybody was, you know, God, Michael Jordan retiring at 30 years old, like, that's unheard of. That's unfathomable. Like, it was like, where were you when you found the news? And, you know, it was almost like, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't really, that's probably as far as from a retirement standpoint, like, was like really, like, shocking. Like, where were you when you know, on October the 6th, 1993, when Jordan made this, you know, retired? And I remember the day, and it, it's funny how they bought, you know, they bought a lot, bought it in the document, in the documentary, uh-huh. where it's like, you know, just really realized it kind of gave you the grasp of how crazy it was. Like, you've seen people in these rooms and groups, and the little girl crying. Like, I mean, it was it was that serious. Like, I mean, it was almost I, I hate to put these two together. It was almost just as big as the verdict in the OJ uh. Simpson trial. Where it was huge. No, I get it, man. Yeah. Like, was, I've seen the amount of press that was in that room that day. Right. Right. And, like, you know, it, it's, it's like a, no other, you know, person that I could think of would garner that much attention. Uh, especially because it was it was so sudden and like they right. they highlighted in the film it was right before a training camp yeah so it's like it couldn't have came at a worse time um <clears throat> but man so when you heard about it and I guess like after the couple weeks in like what was the feeling like you felt was the why behind him retiring? I think initially was his father passing away. Okay. I think like a lot of people were like looking at it from a situation where it's like, you know, he, he lost the motivation. And that's another thing where the documentary kind of shows you pretty much the, the brain of Jordan, where in essence, when he's done, he's done. Like when he doesn't have a mental edge, not a mental edge, but more so of a chip on the shoulder, he he can walk away gracefully. But I think initially it was because the father, his father passing away, because you think about it, it happened essentially when you sit down and about it. Two months, I mean, not even less right. than two months. Found his father's body, like at the end in in, uh, in August of ninety three. And then it just, you know, that's just something you, and, he, and then essentially it was always on his mind, but that kind of helped, I think, in essence, in my personal opinion at the time was to help elevate that process. Right. So, and I, the doc did kind of connect it and they talked about, uh, you know, the way the, the media kind of freaked out and tried to connect it to something with gambling um, but I, I, I sat back and I look at Michael Jordan as somebody who is super duper competitive and it's really hard for me to just sit here and be like, man, he just, that just made him quit. Like, I felt like you might need some time off, but that don't make you quit. You know, and one of the things that I've heard from people like uh, Bill Simmons is that he didn't have anyone to chase or he didn't have a challenge. Yeah. And, you know, of course, that comes off him, you know, going up against Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, you know, Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, then you get into who he won the championships against 
takes down Clyde Drexler. You know, everybody mm. was saying that that was supposed to be somebody that was close to MJ. She said, not even. You know, he, he took down Charles Barkley in the finals. They were saying that he was one of the best, and he was. So once you take them down, you won three in a row, something that Magic and Bird never did. It's like, what else can you do on a basketball court? And it's not a lot. Sure. And so I feel like baseball was very strategic as what he was going to do next because Michael Jordan, being as competitive as he is, wanted to not only be the best basketball player, but he definitely saw that the shining on being the best athlete could bring him because he was at one level. And if you take a look at the timeline and you look at what Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders were doing in the late 80s, early 90s, I could see where Michael Jordan says, if I could be great at baseball, I could literally be the greatest athlete of all time. And so I got some notes here. But before I go into my notes, what you think about that theory? That's interesting because, like you said, that was another thing that he wanted to climb. Because I never knew about his dogged pursuit of trying to get a three-peat because he's like, well, you know, Magic never done it. Bird never done it. Isaiah never done it. They went back to back, but no one ever went three-peat. And then that was achieved. And then what was going to be next? Like, was he really striving for the four-peat? Or like you said, and that makes a good point because yeah, because we, you know, we talked about the motivation. You know, his, his father passing away, and he just didn't have a drive for the sport. But that is a compelling argument because, like you said, now you've you've reached the heights of, of of your peers. Now it's time to go to the next realm where you're like, okay, well, I want to be known as the greatest athlete. I want to just be known as a NBA superstar that's won three rings. I want right. to be. I want to be the. I want to be the next. Like, cause think about it. Cause Dion, at that time, yeah, he goes. At that time, he was playing baseball and football for the Falcons and the, and the Braves, and actually was somewhat of a decent contributor to those Braves teams. You know, especially you know, in that play in that playoff series. Right. What was it? Yeah. Wait, wait till I lay this on you because <laughs> it's, it's it's you gonna feel some type of way when I when I lay it out. All right, so we went over what Jordan was doing in the late 80s, early 90s. So let's talk about what Bo Jackson was doing. All right, Mm -hmm. so drafted Los Angeles Raiders from 87 to 90. Goes to a Pro Bowl in 1990. Plays from three major league teams from 86 to 94. Wins All-Star League, not All-Star League, but All-Star Game MVP in 89. And plays two years with, you know, the Chicago White Sox in 91 and 93. Now, Deion Sanders. Plays in Major League Baseball from, yeah, 89 to 2001. And plays in the NFL from 89 to 2005. Now, of course, we know Dion is the original mercenary. So trying to put the amount of teams on there is... We're not even going to talk about that. That's like nah. that, that's just not what Dion was about. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, nonetheless, during both of those times, Dion has the week where he hits a home run. And scores a touchdown in the same week. That was the week of September 5th. Uh, and they are showing to be 
the absolute specimen. Now, there is a scenario where if Bo Jackson doesn't get hurt in 92, that there could have been a Bo Jackson in Deion Sanders' World Series because Deion went to the World Series and the Chicago White Sox lost in six. So there was a chance that it could have happened. And then being right there in Michael Jordan's backyard. You don't think he noticed that? Yeah. I mean, of course, because, you know, the Chicago Bulls owner also owns the Chicago White Sox. You don't think he's impressed by Bo Jackson? Like, I don't feel like there isn't there. Excuse me. Let me say that over. I, I feel like the connection should have been made stronger just on the surface because we know how jealous Mike is of anybody doing things great. Like, you just can't be great around Mike. Mike got to one-up you every time. Just imagine him going into the White Sox and seeing Bo Jackson. It's like, you know what? I'm about to play baseball. You ain't finna be the only one out here rocking two sports. I'm Michael Jordan. Crazy. Hey, man. I'm just it's throwing bad. it out there. And, I, and that's funny when you bring it up, like, because that should have been, that's crazy where that could have been an angle. But of course, you know, yeah, because like you're saying, that would have been, that's the, that would have been the next level to prove like, hey, I am by far the greatest athlete of all time. Not just basketball, but one of all time athletes. It's a whole nother level. And I, it just makes too much sense to, to somebody like me who admires Michael Jordan for his spirit of competition. Like what's the real point of you playing baseball? Like Michael Jordan could have went and did anything else, but he said it was cause his, his dad was wanted to see him play baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool, but you know what I feel like? I feel like he's saying that because he ain't make it to the major leagues. He wasn't out the box to the major leagues like Bo and D.I. was. They were drafted out of college playing baseball. Yeah. And he and, was a total bust. So, well, I, I, mean, I ain't going to say that. Um, you know what I'm because saying? We got to really think about like, it. He played at 30. So, right. he was 31. So, yeah, I mean, he was 31. So, I mean, the game kind of passed him back, even though he, he played pretty well. For somebody who hasn't played baseball in what almost like 15 True. years at that point. I, I'll give him that. Because if I went out there and tried to play baseball, I'm 30 right now. It's you know, I, I probably hit like, you know, 178. You right. know, for a little bit. <laughs> I got my right. legs back. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll come back eventually. But point being, I don't feel like it was a total success in Michael Jordan's eyes. So because it was not, he would not cop to the fact that he was chasing them. Because had he done it and let's say got a, you know, a home run or something like that, he didn't even have to win a championship. He probably just wanted to hit a home run and probably would have retired the next day. Like, I just feel like Michael Jordan is that petty. Like, that's all I wanted to do. Just show you I can do it. Mm. <laughs> he showed him. But, man. He showed him, but, uh, He tried it. You know he what tried I'm saying? it, hey. Yep. But that's, that's just me. That's just my theory. That's how I feel. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's an angle that it isn't talked about enough uh, just because I... You know, for whatever reason, it's, it's just overlooked. I, I really can't put uh, my finger on why it never comes up. But honestly, man, that's that's just how I my theory, because I didn't like the gambling theory. I didn't like the yeah. the, the secret double suspension or double secret Which, suspension. Like that was right. trash. 
Yeah, because you're not you're not going to suspend a guy who is 30 years old as in his prime for 18 months. You're just not. I'm telling you, like yeah. that just would not make the lead, especially coming off the heels of the Dream Team. That just wouldn't have made sense. Nah, man, I I, I just couldn't buy yeah, that. I didn't like that either. So it's like it it it. I guess that's what drove me to start looking for alternate you know answers before this documentary came out of course this is yeah. something that i've been talking about since i've been doing podcasts and so it had to be like within the last five years uh me coming up with that theory but yeah man uh i don't know man so i guess we'll take a quick little break man how much time you got left i know it's getting a little late hey well Got, yes, huh? I said you got time for another like little quick yeah, segment. Yeah, we do. A, yeah, we do another quick segment. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, all right. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and uh, maybe just talk a little bit about podcasts and then we're gonna get up out of here, man. I appreciate all y'all right. watching out there on Facebook, Periscope. Uh, I would say Instagram, but Instagram don't like you to do nothing live on the computer. So you know what? Whatever it's the right now. Vision deep. We'll be back. It's the right now. around and then I messed up for real. <laughs> right, right. See, that's what happens, man. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I'm here with the couch coach and we're talking about Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary. I was trying to have a little round table discussion with a few people, but you know, <clears throat> things happen. Shout out to my homie Doug. He was supposed to be here. Uh, from the NHF podcast, I kind of like what them dudes do, man. I I get y'all to listen, man. Y'all kind of doing something cool over there too. Um, but yeah, man. I'm, so here at the end of the podcast, we pretty much ran down everything we could about the doc. Um, so before we get out of here, man, you know, I guess like let's do a little podcast talk, let's do a little shop talk. Okay. Um, so what what? What's some podcasts that are in your feed right now that you're really enjoying? Uh, the one in particular, I, I rock with this. I've been rocking with them since the beginning. Our uh, brilliant idiots. Okay. I think that's it's funny. It's like just that dynamic, and it's it's, it's nice little comic relief during the week. And you're like, you know, that's 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 one I listen to. And um, the one I listen to, I normally because I'm really into the draft. It was a thing called First Draft when it was with uh, Todd McShay and um, and Mel Kuyper. So that was one that I really uh, was into heavy. Um, the Ringer, I think The Ringer's pretty good um, with Bill Simmons. Yeah, Bill Simmons is, I love Bill Simmons. Like Bill Simmons, I remember even back when he was, they, um, he was with Ian and him in Jalen. Like he used to like those NFL previews they used to do. So I followed him and I root for him because he gives guys like us opportunities. That's why yeah. I hate when people like try to hate him. I'm like, no, he's in, he's in, he, he once used to be, he used to be an outsider. Like he's giving guys like us that opportunity. He's like, uh, you know, he's essentially like our prototype of somebody who we really need to look up to and observe. Right. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I am a big Big Bill Simmons bringer supporter. Yeah. Um, you know, they called the Pie Father. Uh, right. You know, I I have really been 
following in Bill's footsteps for a long time because I could see what he was trying to do from jump. And I tried to get people on the train with me and I was showing them, it's like, hey, this dude has a podcast and Subway is the main sponsor. Like, I don't know why Subway, but somebody is paying to have their name on this podcast. Right. So I feel like the money is coming because this is an ESPN product. So, right. And, you know, the thing about it was little did I know they was already doing it. Adam Carolla was out there. Um, I'm trying to think Joe Rogan was out there too, but he, it was a, the early days. Um, yeah, man, it's, I mean, podcasts have changed a whole lot since I, I know I started in 2013. Right. Um, but, uh, I know a podcast, speaking of the ringer, that I'm a big fan of is the Press Box. Um, I don't know if you ever listen to that because it's not sports. Um, but they basically talk about media. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, check just, that out. And it's one of the smartest podcasts I ever listened to, honestly, uh, because you know, they talk a little bit about politics, but it's more about, you know, politics and media and kind of like breaking that down the way we break down sports. Um, and it's done by uh, Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, um, Shoemaker, who does um, uh, the Mass Man podcast. And Brian Curtis is the editor at large uh, for the ringer. Um and they come together and bring some real good stuff. And another podcast, while I got the time and I'm telling people about podcasts, listen to Still Processing um, with uh, Wesley Morris. Oh, gosh, I was going to say her name was Janae, but it's not Janae because I was going to say her other name. I, I only know her name from Twitter. Um, I'm about to look it up right now, but it's a New York times podcast and they both write for the culture section. And the one I say that I haven't really found another podcast that can give me, um, like that smart conversation, you know, and not even on anything like super ticket, like just, I didn't even think about that. You know how you read something in the newspaper, like how people used to take in information and used to like discover stuff or like, mm -hmm. like, Oh, I didn't even know that was like that. Right. It's like, they're talking about culture and they're just breaking down. Like even like right now we in the pandemic, but they're breaking down like the zoom culture and how the zoom factor is making every celebrity a regular person because hmm. they're all having to come in on Zoe's iPad, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like everybody like is, is super extra human because they're on these zoom calls and everybody doesn't have makeup on. They don't look perfect. And you know, it, it, it couldn't feel more real. And I had never really thought about that. Yeah. You know what and I'm saying? Yeah. And it's funny that you bring it up because now I look at it like, and it kind of go back to the beginning of the podcast, the NFL draft. What was crazy about it, like you said, it felt it felt normal because like normally with sports events, it makes you be like, oh, I want to be there. But a part of you was like, they just like us. They chilling at the crib. Right. It's, it's crazy. It, it it very much so brought like the human experience to the forefront. Yeah. And and so you know, shout out to them still processing uh for kind of just like dropping the little nuggets. The, the only thing about it is they they do five episodes like every three six months. I I can't even keep up when they drop them, but I mean they they're worth a listen. You can still go back to all of them. You know, they're like great articles. So that's my little recommendation for this week. Uh, Chris, I ain't going to hold you up too much longer, man. I very much do appreciate the time you have given to the podcast. Um, 
let the people know where they can find you, um, how, how you want them to follow you, get in contact with you, um, if you want to be contacted. <laughs> Perfect. Um, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Couch Coach Live, the podcast, um, Couch Coach Live, pretty much anywhere, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, weekly. So um, no later than Wednesday morning, it'll be out. And anything else, hit us up, couchcoachlive.com. All right, man. That's a bet, man. And as always, you can find me um, at CEO the main event everywhere else. But you can find this show at The Rundown South on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and therundown.com. If you want to be on the show, hit me up, CL. I was at at therundown.com, but hit me at CL at contentelevated.com. I will drop that in the show notes if anybody actually needs it, but I need to make that a distinction because I have had a few people hit me up and say they try to get in contact with me and I had some little issues with my email. So I'm getting that worked out. So y'all just hit me up on there. Um, Other than that, man, I really do appreciate you, Chris, for coming on again. I appreciate everybody out there watching. Anybody that's been waiting on me to drop a podcast for the last nine months and I didn't deliver one i'm sorry we're gonna do better man we pushing out there y'all stay safe man we out here peace yeah